I'm getting this for Brengen that happened on the same setup as this year in Matzah Shabbos that we learned earlier this week. They were speaking about how uh, we're meant to elevate the mundane in our life. And just like um, on, um, on Shabbos, our eating is elevated, it's a mitzvah. Um, so too on Matzah Shabbos, when you have a Fabrengen, so your, your food is elevated. Your, it's not just a regular meal, it's, it's an elevated meal. It's a meal connected to a mitzvah. And the um, and the influence that this is supposed to have throughout the year, seeing this is a pivotal time, this is the nineteenth of Kislev, um, is that we're supposed to have an we're supposed to elevate the mundane in our life, not just not just supposed to be um, um, serving Hashem when we're learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, but also the elevated the, the the mundane part of our life has to be elevated as well. And, and just and, and we learned that there is a miracle and there's nature, and in ourselves. Being in a state of a miracle means being, being lift, uplifted, doing things in a higher way. And we learned that Moshe Rabbeinu is called the miracle of the Jewish people, and he is one who empowers us to live in that uplifted, miracle-like state, where we're just doing things for the sake of Hashem. And so, um, so not only is this um, um, uh, relevant to... Um, uh, to be has to be has to influence the rest of the year. Let's continue now the next segment of this for bringing, um on page Chavav, page eleven in the PDF. The question could be asked: How can it be asked from every person that despite whatever is going on in their life, whatever circumstances that they're in? and the education that they received, he should suddenly, not just suddenly, but at every moment, in all times, he should be uplifted. He should be like the miracle, which is beyond nature. He should also be elevated beyond the days of the week and all of a sudden live in a Shabbos Live in a Shabbos way. How he is meant to be above the whole world around him all the time? How is that possible? You're not saying, oh, because of the level you're up to right now, because of the education you received. They're saying, no matter what's going on, lift yourself up and do things for the sake of Hashem, live in a Shabbos like miraculous state all the time. How is that possible? I'm sorry. Is it what we're up to, by the way? No, we're on page. Um, Page 11, How could you ask of him that not only when he studies Torah, not only when he does mitzvahs, but even while he's eating and even while he's drinking and even while he's involved in all kinds of mundane things, he should be like the wise man, who we said that Maimonides says the wise man, you could tell who he is, not just when he's learning, but in everything that he's doing. How could you ask me to be like the wise man? Not only that, you're asking that even in the eyes of the Gentiles, it should be noticed that I am a wise man, that I'm acting with wisdom, and when I'm involved in most mundane, earthiest things. The Jew says, if you want me to do this, I need a preparation. 
I need a long, deep preparation to be on the level that you're asking me of. You want, in everything that I do, in every moment, it should be noticeable that I'm a Jew. I need a lot of preparation for this. That's what the Jew says. So first of all, the Rebbe says, you should know that a Jew, it's asked of a Jew a lot more than other nations. The Pasuk says, it is only you that I have known, that I have cherished from all the nations of the world, and therefore I will remember you. That doesn't say the end of the verse. Then the verse is, therefore I will remember your sins. Because I love you so much, therefore Hashem says, I will, therefore I, 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 I will remember your sins. It sounds like, like because Hashem, I've explained specifically because Hashem chose the Jewish people and He chose you um, just because Hashem chose us from all nations Hashem's choice of the Jewish people is not about just giving them um, extra protectia, extra gifts rather it's connected to um, unique commandments. And every Jew needs to prepare those things that are required of him so that he could show that he deserves to be chosen from all nations and be elevated from all tongues. A Jew is asked to be different. A Jew is asked to... to um, uh, to, not just to not just to receive more. A Jew is asked to uh, do more. He has unique commandments. He's chosen. What is he chosen for? He's chosen for a mission. So, that, so, so just to, to finish off that thought about Hashem loving us, therefore remembering our sins, it's it's very similar to uh, in your own children. You know, you 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 would you would consider um, what your children do differently than other children because they're your children. So Hashem also looks at us and and pays attention to our behavior and He educates us because He loves us. So, everything, in, everything that's holy isn't free. It says in Egypt we ate for free. That's specifically in Egypt that we ate for free. But in the lowest, the most abominable part of the earth, that's where things were free. But in the realm of holiness, there's nothing that's free. The Zohar says, and those that are empty, and those that are um, without, without, without uh, purpose, there's no, there's no holiness that rests there. Holiness rests only in the place that deserves that it should rest in. A Jew has to invest his own actions, his own efforts. As the Altar says about the coming of Mashiach, that what is Mashiach, um, what's going to cause the coming of Mashiach, our actions throughout the time of the exile, that's what's going to cause the coming of Mashiach. So our actions are needed. It is demanded of us to work hard. In holiness, we just bring it over we always say, where do you find something good in life that's free? Whatever is good requires, it does not free. So in order to get holiness, yes, there is acknowledging that it does require an effort. And so, getting back to the guy's question. The guy is saying, how are you asking me to do all this? I need a preparation. So in order to, to remove this question from your, that, that should, this shouldn't be an obstacle for you, it's 
if to know that it's Hashem who's asking you to do this. And Hashem is the one who made the world. Hashem knows how hard things are in the world, because He made the world. He also knows your situation. He knows your small world. Hashem knows that you're a physical person with flesh and blood. So for sure, before Hashem asked you to do anything, He gave you first the power that you would need that um, not only to um, withstand the, the challenges in this that Hashem is asking you to do, to, be a, to, to always live in a Shabbistic way, but more to be able to lift the world up too. Not only is Hashem asking you to overcome the challenges and to live, live in a higher, elevated, miraculous state, but Hashem is asking you to live, lift the world up with you. And that this power Hashem gives us through the Torah. The Medrash gives a parable about a king who had an only daughter and she got married far from the palace. So the king tells the uh, prospective suitor, the chassan, he says, listen, I can't tell you to, um, not to take my daughter, she's your wife, and I can't ask my daughter to stay here. She's, she has to go with you. I'm asking that wherever you go, make for me a small room so that I could be there with you. So what is this parable saying? Who is the king and who is his daughter and who is his son-in-law? This is about Torah and the Jewish soul. Hashem is called the Kohen. And, Hashem, and the soul is called the daughter of the Kohen. The Altarab says that the second soul that you have is a part of Hashem. The Altarab emphasizes it's literally a part of Hashem. And like, like you also mentioned, chapter 1 in Tanya, that the Neshama is a godly being. So it's understood that wherever you have the soul, which you have Hashem, because the soul is a part of Hashem. And since your soul animates your body, So no one, should, no one would have the question, how is it possible that despite the fact that I haven't prepared it all, I should sh- suddenly change from one extreme to another? That shouldn't be surprise us. It shouldn't surprise us to see a Jew change suddenly from one extreme to another. Why? Because Hashem is dwelling within him. And he has an actual part of Hashem, literally. For Hashem, can you say that there's something that's standing in his way? So since there's a soul in the Jew, so there's no obstacles for Hashem, so therefore there's no obstacles for a Jew either, and therefore you're saying that you need to have a preparation to reach this level that I was asking to reach. So I was saying, what are you talking about? You have a neshama inside of you, and a neshama doesn't need any preparation. Ah, next page. Ah, but you need, this neshama which is in you should be revealed. 
yes, you have a neshama, fine, though it's possible, okay, but I need that neshama that, that is in, within me somewhere, that it should be manifest. A, a soul is a part of Hashem, granted, and that could do a lot, granted, but I need that neshama to be revealed in me to do something with it. How then can you reveal your neshama in a way that is going to influence everything else that's in your all other faculties that you have? The way to cause your neshama to be revealed in you is through studying the Torah. Somebody at the door, one second. Okay, um, so the guy is saying, how do I do this? They were saying, you need to study Torah. Why? Um, the Torah is called man. The material is also called man. As the Pasuk says, this is the Torah, a man. Because when you study the Torah, and the Torah, and you're studying in a way that you want to understand what you're learning, and if we work hard in the study of Torah, and Hashem promises you that when you try, you'll be successful. As the Gemara says, if someone says, I try now, successful, believe them. So that causes a wondrous unity between you and Hashem. So that your identity, your existence, becomes a Torah existence. And therefore, you're able to accomplish anything, no matter what happened before. So that's the key. That you, you, want to, you want to be able to suddenly change what's going on in your life and live in the level that I was asking you to. The Rebbe says, study Torah. You, need, you have an neshama, so that it's, nothing can stop your neshama, nothing can stop Hashem, your soul's part of Hashem. But in order to access your neshama, your neshama to be revealed in you, so just like you are a Jew and you're called a, a Adam, you're called a man, so too Torah is called an Adam. So the Torah is, is what reveals your neshama in you. And when your soul is revealed in you through Torah, nothing stands in your way. This is especially relevant to the 19th of Kislev. This gives us special insight and instruction. Um, how so? We mentioned earlier that every miracle has something in common with every other miracle, and that it's miraculous, and every miracle also has a unique theme. Regarding the 19th of Kislev, it's known that historically that the reason why there was this imprisonment of the Alter Rebbe was because there was a heavenly decree against him. How can you share the secrets of the Torah 
and share them with a person who hasn't yet prepared to study this, this, this subject. How can you spread these teachings in a way that they reach the outside to every single Jew to the point that, as in this famous story of the Alter Rebbe, that he was once with the Zitra Magid and there was a tzaddik there named the Pinchas of Koditz and they saw this piece of paper on the floor and this piece of paper had the secrets of the Torah in it and Pinchas of Koditz was very upset about it because he, he saw that this as an emblematic sign of the fact that there's way too much Torah being revealed to far um, undeserving audiences. So the Alter Rebbe um, defended his teacher Mzitra Magid of why he was doing this and he gave a famous parable about the king who uh, takes his precious jewel in his, in, his, in his crown and he crushes it up to make a medicine to, um, to, save, his, to save his son's life. So to Hashem takes the, the inner dimension of Torah and the precious diamond in his crown and he, and he says, crush it up and spread it so that this will revive the Jewish people. So the claim that the angels had, that they accused the Alter Rebbe in the heavenly court that he's doing too much to spread Hasidus, what was the basis of their claim? They said, Torah is precious. In the language of the Gemara, it's a precious thing, it's hidden. So you shouldn't just throw Torah around. You should prepare the guy who's studying the Torah, and uh, he should be able to, to be deserving and able to absorb this kind of Torah. That's for any part of Torah. And much more so, um, the angels are saying Torah is a precious gift, and therefore you have to, you have to be ready for it. The angels didn't want us to have the Torah at all. And how much more so if we're talking about the hidden parts of Torah, how can you, you, you spread this out in such a way that's going to, um, going to be, um, that you have papers falling on the floor? So as a result of this, Al-Tabu was in prison. And then there was a victory of the 19th of Kislev. And from then on, Chassidus was allowed to be spread from then until now. Um, as is known, this story of the Alter Rebbe's imprisonment and how the Baal Shem Tov, the Maggot, said that because of your sacrifice for the inner dimension of Torah, is now allowed. Now, this is, this is now allowed. You can spread the teachings as you're doing and do even more. What this sounds like, simply, is God says that He has a gift which is the Torah. In the Torah itself, He has a miracle that is beyond the miracle. He has a, a, a precious hidden thing which is beyond the precious hidden thing. The whole Torah is called a precious hidden thing. And this is something which is precious beyond precious, hidden beyond hidden, the inner dimension of Torah. And Hashem says, yes, I have this precious, precious thing, and it's hidden beyond all hidden things, and it's precious beyond all precious things. And I'm saying to you that you learn this, and you should learn this in a way of, it should be spread, yafutsu. Spread this even in the streets. And as an analogy, of the king's son, the doctor said to the king, don't, don't make this medicine because your son's so sick, he's going to spit out the medicine. But the king said, no, do it anyways. Maybe one drop will go in, that will revive my son. So, so we have to spread the chassidus in a way that maybe one drop will go in to someone who studies it, and it's worth it to take the king's most precious stone for that purpose. Simple language. Hashem says, I gave you my Torah, and this Torah is called my delight. And I'm giving it, Hashem, so to speak, himself has pleasure in studying Torah. And yet, Hashem gives the Torah to every single Jew. It doesn't reckon what level you're on, what circumstances you're in. He gives it to you. And this is what Yudhis have accomplished, that even the inner dimension of Torah, you have to spread and learn and spread to the outside. Because the hope is that one drop will go in, 
inside a Jew, and then so it's all understood, although the author doesn't say this in the parable, that once he starts getting healthy, he'll continue studying this Torah. And he'll both continue this, studying this part of the Torah, other parts of the Torah. Once he gets that one drop in him, he's going to continue to get more and more, it doesn't say this in the parable, but the Rebbe says that that's what makes sense, that once that drop goes in and revives him, he's not stopping, he's going to continue and, and take more. So the Jew gets revived, he's, he shares a thought of, of Hasidus with someone. They get inspired, the, 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 the goal is that should cause them to want to continue to learn more and more. But that's what happens afterwards. What's unique about the 19th of Kislev is you take the precious stone in the king's crown. You take the precious thing that's beyond precious, that's hidden beyond hidden, and you make a, a, a drink out of it. And to do this, you have to break the stone and grind it. So the stone isn't whole anymore. You only have is bits and pieces of the stone. And you pour this drink into the mouth of the king, of the prince, in every, in every, Jew's, um, in every Jew. And since every Jew is called a tzaddik, and it says, Tzaddikim Alek Hashem, so just like Hashem takes his precious stone and does this, so do the Jewish people have to do in regards to themselves. Even someone who's Moresh Shechera, Moresh Shechera means he's very, he's very down and depressed, naturally, He's, he's, just, he's more of a morose kind of nature. He says, how can I get involved in studying Torah and doing mitzvahs when I know that a moment before I wasn't up to it? And all of a sudden, I hear that, you're, that I need to act in a way that I'm, it should be noticeable in me that I'm different than all the other nations. You're, you're telling me that just like there's a difference between, between light and darkness, between Shabbos and days of the week, so too, there should be a difference between me and everybody else. I should be so noticeable like the difference in light and darkness. So the response to this is, Rebbe says, learn from Hashem. Hashem said to take his most precious thing, maybe one drop will have an effect. Hashem said, take my most precious thing and, and crush it, and maybe a drop will have an effect. So to, so to the Rebbe says, what's asked of you is, they should use all of your effort, and even if you only affect yourself to change in one drop, only one drop, of your, you only change one drop, there's only a tiny bit of change in you, you've achieved something. You've achieved the goal. That you should leave this place of danger, and once you leave the place of danger, then you already be able to go from strength to strength. So, so in other words, just like um, the Hashem takes his precious stone and he grinds it, so to speak, hard for Hashem, so too we have to make a, a real effort and, um, and maybe we'll be able to um, affect ourselves a drop. And this is the lesson learned from 19th of Kislev. Since Hashem showed us the way already, we have to spread the, 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 the most precious hidden thing that's beyond precious and all other hidden things. The inner dimension of Torah. To spread to the outside. And why? Because we want one drop to reach one Jew. How much more so does a Jew need to dedicate time and effort with all of his alacrity and all of his strength? Even doesn't see with his eyes how will it change him. Doesn't see, I'm going to learn this te- the teaching of Hasidus. I don't think that's going to have any effect on me. Because since he's a Jew, it's clear, it's obvious, even in simple logic, that there's always a possibility that one drop will reach him. And for that one drop, it's worth the whole thing. So you have to make an effort to study these teachings, and maybe one drop will go in. And that's 
And this is even this, this, in the analogy, what does the doctor say? There's no way the guy's going to swallow a drop. And yet, the, the king says, do it anyways. Maybe in a miraculous way, one drop will go in. So that's what we have to do also in a similar way. We have to make an effort and learn chassidus and, and, and make an effort to learn chassidus and maybe one drop will go in us and one drop will, will change us. And, that, and not only will it change us, Rebbe says, it will take us out of a state of a danger and to put us in a miraculous state and uplift the state in a way that's noticeable that we're different than all other nations, just like the difference between Shabbos and days of the week, but more that a Jew should also become an influencer of others to spread the Torah and the mitzvahs all in his whole surroundings, starting from his family. And from this we come to the first day of Hanukkah, which falls out on Friday this week. It is blessed from the Shabbos that there was a there was a miracle of the oil, the main miracle. Even when the sun sets, and outside in the street there's darkness. And it's in a way, as it is every night, that the darkness gets greater and greater when the sun sets. So what does the Jew do? He lights a menorah on the entrance of his home, and he doesn't He's not satisfied with it being in the entrance of his home, but he wants light to spread to the outside. And he does this in a way, and he adds more and more light every day of Hanukkah, as another candle every more, another candle every day, because the light of the day before is not enough, and the world is already able to receive two candles and three candles until he gets the eight candles. Just like the the harp, it says, Mashiach will come. There'll be a harp of eight strands, until we're able to have the inauguration of the third base of Migdash, which we built through. Mashiach Tzakeinu, um, and it says the inauguration of the third base of is associated with the month of Kislev, just like the second base of Mingdash was, just like the story of Hanukkah, the base of Mingdash was inaugurated in the month of Kislev, so this is the time. Chaim L'chaim Racham. Bottom line is we've got to work, like it says, and, and, and let one drop of Chassidus change us a drop. L'chaim.